Hey man, welcome to, welcome to the podcast. For those that don't know you, Matt um, is a project instructor, a Squire project instructor, and you've got your own coaching company, which is Ignition Year. What Ignition Year Coaching? Uh huh. And you are you are a former law enforcement officer. Yep. Yeah, I did. Uh, just over 10 years with the sheriff's office in Idaho. Nice. Um, and then you ended up, you ended up getting out of that and then teaching stuff, right? Teaching tactics. Yeah. So I did, I did. Yeah. I did five years on the SWAT team as an entry guy. And then a couple of years with us marshal's office. And then in 2013 opened up, uh, like a big indoor outdoor training facility. It was around 60,000 square feet and we trained, um, you know, I'm from Idaho. So Idaho is a big, Second Amendment state. Idaho is a constitution state, so if you're uh, not disqualified from having a firearm, um, you're an Idaho resident, you can open carry, conceal carry uh, with or without a license. So a lot of people, um, they, they have guns for self-defense purposes. So we worked with the civilian side, um, making sure that they didn't shoot anybody that they shouldn't be, um, didn't walk around with that, I wish they would mentality. And um, we had government contracts, worked with most of the feds. We didn't have contracts with... Um, with some of them, but we did have contracts with most of them, even the IRS's tactical team, which is a super scary thing to think that the, the IRS has a tactical now, team. Now I, now I just hate you. I hate you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't, teaching yeah. those guys. Because, oh, man, they're man. out there running and gunning or, or, or doing their version of it. And um, yeah, I actually did a couple of operations with them when I was on the SWAT team. And, um, you know, funny stories around that, but suffice it to say, when, once we saw like how they were just needing the buddy system just to put their their vests on and you know we're giving that that velcro everything it had to stay intact um we we went to our commander and we said look like either they make the entry or we make the entry but we're not doing this blended thing that they want to do and um ultimately we ended up making the entry while they stood out on the perimeter and and once we got it done then they came in but um it's a can you a say uh, this is this is not what i was expecting but i'm interested now can you say what they were what they were doing, making entry on what? What what was the IRS doing? It was uh, on a um, on a tax thing, so it was on a doctor that was running um, running some some bad taxes, and uh, they were in there to go find his computers and and get all of his paperwork and try to find his logs and stuff. So they ended up seizing like all the hard drives and um, stuff like that to get whatever they were after but it was a tax so it's like old school old old school sheriff of nottingham like tax collecting like they're just gonna go they're just gonna go tax you know collect your collect their money for the oh yeah yeah for the uh, yeah yeah we get orders from time to time from then to go do till taps you know till tap is hmm. business would be behind on their on their taxes and we'd walk in and the sheriff's office would get this this uh you know demand letter saying, hey, this business owes on their taxes. They haven't paid for a while. Go till tap them. So you walk in, middle of business hours. They've got clients coming and going. And uh, you walk up to the register and you just pull every bit of cash uh, that they had in that register. And um, the, they would apply that to their taxes. So you talk about having to be in an awkward position walking in these guys. And it basically, it was like a legalized robbery, like a stick-up robbery is what it was. I was going to say, that's legal? That that was yeah, legal. Man. Don't fuck around with the feds. You know, the, with these eighty-two thousand people that the IRS are bringing on board, what do you think they're going to be out doing? 
Holy shit. So from your, from your old job to where you're not, cause I imagine you're paying a lot more in taxes now than you oh, were yeah. back then. So yeah. how, <laughs> what's your point of view now <laughs> sitting on this side of the set side of things? Uh, not, not to fuck around with it. Like this to, it'll catch up with you. Like the, you know, they can say whatever they want as far as who they, who they're talking about targeting in the upper, you know, classes, people making the, oh, that, we know, all know that's bullshit. Millions. We all know that's bullshit. So I don't even, I don't even want to mess around. I know that once they put a target on you, that, that target is not coming off until you pay the debt and they will make your life absolutely miserable and they'll seize whatever they want and they'll, they'll lock up any of your accounts that they want. I mean, you even look at what, um, Stripe, no, not a Stripe, um, PayPal and who's the other one? Um, Venmo. Venmo just came out and said like, now the IRS is requiring that any amount transaction over $600 gets reported to the IRS so that they can keep their, their thumb on anybody that's doing any of these side hustles and stuff. Like they, they've got their tentacles and things and they will, they will find out. And once they do, and you got a target, they're coming after you. But, but I thought our boy said, if you made under like 40,000 or uh, no, over, over under 400,000, you were, you're, don't worry. We're not going to come after you. We're good. You're talking about the same boy that just that just uh, went to some veteran event and said that his he gave his his dead uncle a, a purple heart and his when he was a yeah. vice president and and uh, his yeah. uncle was dead before he was VP like that that guy <laughs> that yeah. guy yeah. The, that guy. <laughs> yeah yeah we've heard that guy say a few things that um, may or may not are but are likely untrue yeah. so um, let's get caught up you were you were this badass SWAT guy. And I love, I love posting fat pictures of myself. I love it. I love, I love that that whole story arc happened. I don't love, I would never go back and I didn't love the time when I was there, but dude, I love, I love posting those photos. Yeah. And, um, and you recently did one too. What happened, bro? That's where the nickname (laughs) fat, that's where the nickname fat Matt came from, right? What happened? Tell tell me that story. Yeah, first of all, I got a bone to pick with Ray Cash Care here, and that he called me Fat Matt on the on the uh, interwebs. But uh, the short and sweet of it is, entrepreneurs. Did, I, did you hold on, hold on, hold on? Did I, did you hear what happened to him at the Squire program when I was sitting at dinner? I I did, but I don't think your uh, your listeners have, and this is probably a great opportunity. So, so now that he called you Fat Matt, you want me to throw that out there? So we're I'm just saying what's fair is fair. <laughs> So we uh, we're at the the Squire program instructor cadre dinner, and uh, you know he's talking about you know being in shape and and Ray's Ray's a badass. He's fifty years old. He's he's an absolute badass. But you know he says something about cutting down and this and that. And I said, oh, you know I've I've seen you better. And the look on his face, I was like, oh fuck, did I just fuck this guy up? And then you guys were saying like, oh, he's fucked for like three months. Like he's going to go on a cut and you're not going to see him for like three months and stuff. That's one way to get that dude motivated, man. You say, you say anything like that to him and um, that go, that guy goes on an absolute war path. Um, but yeah. I, I guarantee you fucked up his OODA loop a little bit for sure. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love you, Ray. But anyways, he did throw you under the bus uh, a f- several months ago and uh and anyways, but go, going yeah. way back, like going from yeah. SWAT, going from LE. And I know the story. I wrote a fucking, I literally wrote the book on it. It's called Excommunicated mm-hmm. Warriors of Seven Stages of Transition. So 
which is the second biggest purchaser of that book is law enforcement, by the way, because because the the parallels are the same. They're the exact same. And you're I feel like you're about to, you know, without even knowing it, you're going to open it up. But so you did 10 years, you're, you're on the SWAT program and then you just you got big. I did. Yeah, it's almost pushing almost 260. Yeah. 260. Yeah. And how almost. tall are you? How tall are you? 58. Five, yeah. that's that's a that's yeah. a big boy. Dude, the 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 BMI index uh classified it as morbidly obese. Uh and um yeah, man, I was I packed on some weight. So so why so the, the, I mean, we know how that happens, but why did it mm-hmm. happen? Talk tell me the story of of how that how you went from being on the SWAT team for five years to, to 260 yeah. pounds. Yeah, man. So I became, I became an accidental entrepreneur. Uh, so 2013 timeframe, our family had sold a, a business that we'd had in San Francisco down on market street and had been in business for like the sixties. And, um, the Hilton came in, they didn't, they, they wanted the, the space the they wanted the real estate. So they, um, they made an offer to the family. This is something that my mom and her two siblings had had 50% of the business. And then my grandmother's brother had the other 50% It's something my grandmother and her brother started back in the sixties. And, uh, Hilton came and said, Hey, we want to put a hotel here. Uh, they worked out a deal. My mom came into a healthy amount of money. And then she came to me and said, I I'd like to invest this into something or somebody. I don't know what that is, but you seem like a safe bet. You got any ideas? That was the first time I'd ever thought about even branching out of uh, law enforcement, what I was doing. I, I had a, a sweet gig. You know, our team um, is not a full-time SWAT team, it's a part-time team, which m- most of the departments around the country are. A uh, handful of them are, have full-time teams. And so my my primary gig was an undercover narcotics detective at the time. So between the two, I legitimately had the, the sweetest gigs in law enforcement. But when she came to me and said... Um, she would throw some money at it and ask me what my thoughts. That's where I started to think, you know, maybe I can get out of law enforcement, which was a profession. I wasn't sure I was really going to be able to uh, retire from anyways, just based on the trends and, and um, the direction that the profession's going. And I thought, well, well, that 10, that 10, that 10, 12 year mark is like a real, it's like a real sweet spot, whether you're going to bail or going to get out. That's where typically yeah. we lose, like you get burnout around 10, 12 years. You start having medical totally. issues and physical issues and like, cause you're just running ragged and that's yeah. typically when people bail, they either get promoted and write a desk or bail. Totally. Yep. Exactly. And I bailed, uh, but yeah, I had, so a, I. I had an off ramp. Yeah. So, you know, I, I opened this special operations company it was something you're familiar with. A lot of um, mm-hmm. law enforcement militaries are familiar with. It was an indoor outdoor training facility. It looked like um, a scenario village and, you know, it was meant for force on force training. So we ran all um, either simunition or UTM out of it. And that's just really what we specialized in. Um, but, you know, the when I opened it, I didn't I didn't. Um, skip out on anything. I mean, everything, the attention to detail was there. It was immaculate inside and it was incredible. Um, but I didn't know shit about actually being an entrepreneur. I didn't know anything about running a team on the civilian side, um, managing the books. You know, I just, I was a fish out of water when it came to being in business. And I really didn't experience anything outside of what I think most entrepreneurs that are, that are brand new to being an entrepreneur experience. The way in which I, I handled it, though, 
I think is different than some. So first of all, I, I refuse to give up. You know, most businesses fail in their first year. I absolutely refused yeah. to to give up and and to quit. But you know, even though I had a good business model, it was being well received. Um, I can just continue to lose more money every month than I was making. And it just kept eating further and further into the working capital. And after the first year, the uh, the account's like, look, dude, you got enough to continue on, but you've got to figure this out. Like one year from now, if we're having the same conversation, you're not going to be in business. And so yeah. I was working hours that I, you know, I mean, from from before sunrise to after sunset every single day. Um, I was, you know, missing time with my wife, my son. Um, I was like all, driving like through all, of all the, yeah, all, yeah, dude, all, I was driving through yeah. the fast food restaurants and, and, um, just based on making excuses, lacking discipline, uh, and just throwing myself a pity party. Uh, I, I, in my, in my head, I, I knew exactly what I needed to do. And I knew the shit I should be doing versus shouldn't be doing, but I was making decisions that were just compounding in nature. And so. Um, the, the weight just stacked on and before I knew it, I was just, I was, I was fat as shit. I was and my, my mindset matched my, the way I looked, my bank account matched the way I looked, the relationship with my wife and son matched the way I looked like everything was just at an all time low, um, with the exception of my, uh, the weight on the scale, which was at an all time high. So did anybody go, Hey Matt, what the fuck? No, they should have, they should have, Why but that I we do that. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, you know, you know, I think, I think part of it was because I didn't facilitate, I didn't facilitate the opportunity for that to happen. Right. Like I'd love to be able to just say I was hanging out with the wrong people and it's their fault and you know, they should have, could have, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is Nick, as I walked around, um, taking that fake it till you make it approach. And internally, yeah. like I was devastated internally. I knew I was fat. I knew I was, yeah. I was broke. I yeah. knew my credit score was, was shit. Mm -hmm. I knew that the business wasn't thriving, but what I would tell people and the perception that people had was that everything was great. And so I, I just think that because I of ego and of pride, like I wasn't being vulnerable with people back then. And I wasn't just calling it what it was. And mm -hmm. so I wasn't facilitating the conversation for people to, to be honest with me. And that, that lasted for, you know, the first two to three years where I put on this front before I really got to a place where there was just no hiding anymore. Like there was just physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, like there was just no hiding anymore. And, um, and that's when I finally put my pride and ego aside, had a conversation with, with, uh, a mentor of mine. And he was the first person to really say, you know, you're like, you are the problem. And if you don't fix yourself, like none of this other shit is going to just work itself out. And I'm so thankful that he did because he, he didn't buy the bullshit and he called me on it. And, um, and that was the, that was the, the, the point where, um, everything began to change for me back in 2015, uh, timeframe. Yes. It's kind of, it's kind of funny cause our timelines kind of, I got out in 2012 things, the, the worst for me was probably 2016. And then right after that is when everything started to change. Mm -hmm. I started getting my shit together. But that's when everything else started to change too. My bank account, my mm -hmm. relationships, like everything started to change. But, totally, um, yeah. But it was it all had to start with me. And uh, But anyways, it's, it's funny how that works out. Um, 
But all it takes is that one person. And I always talk about that. I'm like, I'm going to be that person for people. And people can hate mm -hmm. me for it. And they're like, oh, well, you're putting people down. No, I'm not putting people down. That's not the intent. You yeah. Know? That's not the intent. The intent is to, to, to get them to wake up and hold them accountable. Because they can be better. Yeah. They know they can be better. But but nobody, everybody's like, you know, you've probably heard this. Or hell, you, we've said this. Well, it's none of my business. I don't want to get involved. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's why I posted that that post of, of me, you know, and the and the the image that you see first because you got to scroll to the right before you actually yeah. see the, yeah. you know, the good the good spray tanned you know six pack version of me. <laughs> uh, the the, yeah. the the very first photo that the world sees is the fattest shit standing there with you know, um, uh, with just morbidly obese and and um, and I purposely put it there because, you know, there are too many people out there that. Um, that they are living quiet lives of just absolute desperation. Mm -hmm. And in their minds, they, they're telling themselves a narrative that just is not serving them well. Uh, they're not taking ownership of their circumstances. And, and I figured, you know, if I, can, if I can put this out there and it speaks to anybody and it resonates with them, and that, that's something that helps them start taking action in the right direction, then so be it. Like, I will put myself on Front Street. I'll put my story on Front Street. Um, because I don't, I'm not in a place where I have to hide anymore. And, you know, right. and looking back, being unauthentic and living that life of quiet desperation and trying to pretend like I was somebody that wasn't, dude, it was so exhausting. I didn't realize how much additional weight I was adding to myself, just trying to pretend like I was somebody that I wasn't. And now in a completely different place, um, I, I, from a place of complete authenticity, it's like, you know, it's like the weight of the world uh, was was lifted off, and now I can use that time as a to remind myself never to go back to that place again, and never mm -hmm. to become that person again, and b to hopefully help anybody else that um, that's in that place to know, look, like you just got to do it, man. You just nobody's going to do it for you. You've just got to do it, and if you're willing to do it, then the results are there. But nobody can isn't, nobody can get that for you. Isn't it actually? It's actually easier to live by doing all the hard things that we do, all the real uncomfortable things, the things that we weren't doing back then that you think that like, oh, he was sleeping in, he was eating whatever he wanted, he had the life, he was like, he was taking the easy road. But the reality is, it's actually harder to live that way than it is getting up super early, training all the time, counting your macros, getting in cold tubs, doing all the hard shit that's really uncomfortable. It's actually easier to do that and, and have a life than vice versa. Totally, man. And that, that was, that was a, a talk that you gave at the Squire program that you hosted was talking about, you know, choose your hard, right? Choose, yeah. choose to do the hard thing now and experience and enjoy the, the easy thing after or choose the hard thing afterwards um, and by, or, or choose the easy thing now and experience the hard afterwards, right? But, but choosing the hard. Because it's coming. And, it's coming, right? You're yeah. You're it's not. Coming. You're not. Yeah. You, you you can't take the easy path and expect to have the the ideal outcomes and results. It's just not the way uh, the world right. works. Um, but yeah, man, it, it it absolutely is the case that in choosing to do the hard thing, um, it, it, the the you're paving the path for easy afterwards. You know, and you know, this morning my wife and up our, our alarm goes off at four thirty every single morning. We're at the gym by 5:30, and um, and you know this morning the it, it's going off, and I'm like, fuck, man, 
It's, you know, it's, it's, it's Christmas break, it's 4.30. Um, I took a couple of melatonin last night and I, and I just like, I was just sleeping so well. Uh, but instantly that, that voice um, started to talk that said, that you, I, I, I actually, I, you're being a bitch. I tell myself, you're being a bitch right now. And, yeah. um, and where that comes from, that's lessons learned of you, you were a bitch before and you chose to, to have a snooze button to even hit. Uh, to go back to sleep with, um, and you chose before um, to to skip that workout. And where did that get you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so um, broke and stress and fat and yeah, yeah man, ran thin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just emotionally broke, physically broke, uh, just you know, financially, all, all of it, man. And it just that's just I think I think as as humans, like living organisms, like we instinctually want to take the easy path. I think just out of conservation yeah. of energy, that's that's an instinctual thing. Um, and too many people give into it. They 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 give into the instincts of of preserving energy and taking the easy route, um, and and then ends up suffering the consequences. Um, right. So. So okay, so you had a mentor that called you in your bullshit. Told you to get your shit yeah. together. What was yeah. that process like? Like, obviously, it, it doesn't happen overnight. People think like, "Oh, there's a switch that happens." No, it doesn't happen overnight. Was it didn't happen overnight for me? Um, yeah. What did What did that process look like for you? Uh, well, it started by, you know, it started by this um, extreme ownership, really, like this this process of the the world is not out to get you. Um, there's right. plenty of opportunity out there for, for everybody. Um, things are not happening, um, to you, like you are allowing this shit to happen. And, and these are outcomes and results of poor decision-making. So th the first thing became just really just understanding that, that I cannot lead other people. I can't lead my wife. I can't lead my son. I can't lead the, the team I have at, at, at the, the business. Um, I can't lead anybody until I learn how to effectively lead myself. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to lead other people when I wasn't effectively leading myself was just hypocrisy. And it's a do as I say, not as I do approach. And nobody respects that. Everybody sees it. They may not say it, uh, but they yeah. see it and they understand when you're being a hypocrite. And I was being a hypocrite. Um, and so um, the focus became um, don't, don't look externally, look internally. Uh, start start living the the life um, in all the important areas that um, that are going to make a difference and start to pave the path for your future. And leadership is always the problem. It is always the solution. And I have I have it inside me to change the outcomes, but I must do the work. And so the, it, it where it started was recognizing that um, that. I needed to sit in the driver's seat of my own life. I, I could no longer just sit on the sidelines. I could no longer um, make excuses. And I had to start leading myself uh, in, in my health, in my wealth, in my relationships, and, um, and start getting that dialed in. Once I started doing that, then I started having a new level of confidence, real confidence, not, not fake right. the bullshit. You know, the, the, um, I wasn't uh, at a place where I was, saying things um, just to impress people, even though they were untrue, I started having uh, more confidence in myself because I started stacking the wins. And the more the more days where I would finish it and, and I had more wins and losses, and then the more weeks and months 
that that became the, the reality that I had more wins and losses, the more confidence and faith I had in myself. And that's where I started to gain momentum uh, in the process and started to realize um, I do have the power and control to change my own circumstances. And, and I just took control of that. Then I started to really evaluate my, uh, my proximity to unhealthy habits, unhealthy people, unhealthy relationships, um, and, and started to edit or delete those relationships to start um, getting uh, almost to a place of being polarizing, like embracing polarization by pushing away yeah. the, the habits, the, the belief systems um, that weren't serving me, weren't serving my, my goals, my future. And, uh, and then attracting the people that, um, that would facilitate that, the kind of growth and, um, and the, the, the life that I wanted to, um, make more of a reality. So it was, it was getting close proximity to the things, the habits, the, the, um, the characteristics that represented the goals that I had and pushing away everything else out. Um, and then I also, I also established core values, um, that were just instrumental as well. Like I, I was, I didn't have a, I didn't have any filters that I would process anything through. I didn't have kind of a North star. And so I was just doing, I think what most people are doing, which they're, they're just going day by day, but they don't have any real like strategy, any real structure. Um, they have general goals, but no real, like no, no strategy or, or, or pathway to make sure those goals get accomplished. And, um, I was that same way core values for me became those filters that I, that I layered in as well, that, um, became instrumental too. Did you work with that mentor or did you get a coach to do like all these different things or you just, did you go on your own and just said, I'll figure it out? No, dude, I, I, I hired him at, at a point where I couldn't afford him. Um, at a point where, where, our, um, like, you know, I had no resources to do it. I knew that if I, if I knew what to do, uh, I would have done it already. And so many things are, are their common sense are just not common knowledge. And so when right. it came to business, like I, I needed help understanding um, how to be an entrepreneur. My, my business acumen was, was very low. And, you know, I was, I was trying to take that fake it to your make it. I was, I thought, you know, hard work pays off. Well, hard work doesn't always pay off, right? If you're working super hard the wrong direction, you're not going to get the, the outcomes and results you're just that gonna, you want. You're right? just going to work really hard. You're just going to work hard. And that's yeah. all I was doing. I was working super fucking yeah. hard, uh, you know, and, and I had nothing positive to show for it. So um, I hired this mentor because I, I was looking at the, the current status of the relationship with my wife and my son. And I said that, you know, that's just a non-negotiable to, to lose that. I was looking at yeah. the how the business was trending and everything was going to cost me way more in 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 um, in both financially and mentally and physically than not to hire him. So I hired him. And, um, and he, he basically filled in the gap. So I knew, you know, coming from the SWAT team, I knew that, you know, the bridge between what I want and what I, um, what I have is discipline, right? Like if, mm -hmm. if, if I execute on discipline and I do the yep. things that I need to do, I will go from where I'm at to where I want to be. The thing that was missing before that is I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what things to, to specifically be doing, um, that, um, that I could then execute on discipline wise, especially when it came to, um, the business component of it. I did know from, uh, you know, the, the, the health and nutrition side of it. So I just started doing the things I did know, uh, what to do, but, um, 
but yeah, he helped, he helped kind of dial me in, call me on my bullshit on things. You know, I don't, think I was, that, about, I was that, just about that. to say the biggest thing with that is the accountability of having to answer to another man on a yeah. regular basis about your actions. Right. Yeah. Like I, it was what humbling. Did you, what did you, yeah. Did you, did you do all the non-negotiable tasks? Did you check off? Did you do the things that you were supposed to do this week or this month? Um, or did you yeah. just sit on your, you sit on your ass and you know, that date's coming up where you got to check in with that mentor, that coach. And you're like, and for us, we don't want to, you know, as men, you don't want to look like a jackass. So yeah. you get the things done. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that, and mo it, and that moves yeah. the needle in your life. Totally. And, and that, you know, so when it came to sometimes our friends and our family are like, are the, are the worst yes. at, um, at, at, you know, facilitating uh, an environment where we're allowed to, to yeah. have the excuses and to give the bullshit, right? Cause they're, they, they love, they love us. They you. care for us. They, they don't, love you. They want to yeah. hurt our feelings. Yeah. So they'll say, you know yeah. what, you did more than what most people did, or, you know, that's, you tried and, and yeah, you, <laughs> you, you came up short, but you know, it's okay. And they'll, they'll pat us but we still the love you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But if they, if they really loved us, they'd be like, look, bro, like you made a commitment. You're not honoring that commitment. Like you're, yeah, you're, yeah, right. you're, you're, you're going against the things you said you're going to do. Don't do that. Like be a person of integrity. And when you say you're going to do something, do it. When you say you're going to be somewhere, be there. Right. Our friends and family aren't great at having the conversation, but when you hire a mentor or a coach, well, they're not paid there to be your friend, right? They're not paid to right. be your cheerleader. Like they're, they're there to hold you accountable. They're there to, to, to call in your bullshit and remind you all the things you said were so important and to, to help keep you on track while you're, you're developing yourself to a place to where, um, you don't need to be held accountable to that, that degree. And it took me a couple right. of years working with this mentor of, of really getting to a place where I just had to figure out how to lead myself first. Like leadership is the problem. Yeah. It is a solution. I was, I was ineffectively leading myself and therefore I was ineffectively leading other people. And, um, and so, um, that accountability was a huge component of it. I, yeah. Cause as a man, I did not want, I did not like being called out, but it was, it needed to happen. It needs, it has to happen, man. It has to happen. So it's funny you say that about those priorities. Cause that's literally the first thing I do. Like I bring a client in here and they sit down for their half day and mm -hmm. I'm like, tell me your priorities. And then I, then mm -hmm. we sit down and we talk about their life and I'm like, okay, now we got a benchmark. First of all, mm -hmm. your, your, your routine in life don't match what you said your priorities are. So we're going to work on right. those. But right. then I can, but then as the, as the months go on, I can go, well, wait a minute, you know, cause I, we have ebbs and flows. We have highs and lows. If I, if they have a low, I can go, wait a minute. You said that this is what you told me was a priority. So what the mm -hmm. hell, man? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, totally. And, and they go, totally. Oh, you're right. I need to get, I mean, unfuck myself. You know what I mean? And the, the, the key to it too, Nick is, you know, I, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I wouldn't be welcomed on your show, uh, which by the way, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here, man. Um, if, if I was walking around with, with, um, low standards, uh, and, and expectations, right. And there's, there's too many people who, what they think they're capable of, what they think that they are able to produce, what they're able to achieve, um, is, is dramatically lower than what they're actually able to produce and achieve yeah. and what they're truly capable of. And, um, and it takes, it takes mentors and coaches. It takes somebody like you sitting down with somebody to be like, what are your goals? And, and to hear those goals and, and, and then even say, 
those are weak. Like those goals are weak goals. You know, um, the the amount of money you want to make, the the things that you yeah. want to achieve, the 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 impact you want to have, um, they they need to be leaned on and challenged by people who have higher standards of expectations because that's how you get right. you get others to raise their standards as well. And so what I thought was success, what I thought was was wealth, what I thought was um, you know, what was, was real donation opportunities and experiences that I could, I could have for myself and family life. It was, um, it was far lower than, um, than I, than I realized it should have been. And it took somebody with the outside eyes, you know, that wasn't in the shit that could see the forest of the trees that had a much higher level of standards and expectations of themselves and lives, um, to challenge it. And then through that process as well, the belief system as I would stack the wins and my belief system and confidence was increasing, then so were, so were my, what was my understanding of what was possible. And again, from my, my local network and, and the people that I was running around with at the time, like they're, you know, I love them, but even their belief system at the time was, um, it was just, it was mediocre at best, right? It just, get they, by. they just want to be happy. They just want to get by. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that wasn't good enough for me. Absolutely not. So let me ask you, are you like this special butterfly that only you could achieve what you've achieved? You only, you could go from 260 to 200 or whatever where you weigh now, you know, like, are, are you just this special character that achieved all this? No, no, there's, there's, there is nothing special about me at all. But um, that's, so you know, that, I think that's where people watch these stories, right? And they, and I think they tell themselves that can't be me. Yeah. I can't be a me belief. I, I, right. Right. You already said, like, I can't be a Matt. I can't be a Nick. Those guys are, those guys are different than me. And yeah. the reality is we're not, we're, no. we're really not. Yeah. We just made a choice. No. That's it, man. I mean, you and I have the same number of hours in the day as everybody else, right? We, we, we live in the same country with the same kind of opportunities as, as everybody else. What we do with our hours um, is going to be different than almost everybody else. There's right. nothing, there's nothing that prevents anybody from setting their alarm at four 30 in the morning, uh, making the decision to, to not hit the snooze button or skip that workout to get it in and stack the first wins for the day. And, um, and just go through the process of choosing hard over easy, leaning into mm -hmm. the experiences and the opportunities and, the, and the, the pains and the growth that comes from it. And through a process of just being consistent over time, experiencing the benefits. That's People just, they pull the ripcord too, this is, too quickly. This is anyone. Anyone. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody can yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not a single listener or, or person uh, that, um, that's out there that that doesn't have the opportunity to do this that doesn't have the ability and capability of doing this and, and it's a choice to not improve your circumstances it's a it is an absolute choice to be in the same or worse place um today than than they were a year ago and it's a choice yeah. uh to be in a much better place um one year from now as they are today but, but that's no a i get each person has to make i get this a lot and I, I'm, I, I'm curious if you do too. And this is like comments. These are comments and like, you know, stupid stuff on social media. 
Oh, so let me, because I'll post my story or I'll do a video where, I, you know, I explain like, you know, what I, you know, how I grew up, you know, my military career post that, you know, and then kind of the fall of myself uh, and then kind of the rise back. And then a lot of people just go, so let me get this straight. You were, you got a little fat, you got a little chubby and you lost weight and now you're successful because of that. So all I have to do is go to the gym and then all of a sudden I become successful. Do you ever hear that? I, I yes, I, I do get that from time to time. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. can you paint, can you paint me a correlation between being physically fit and, and, and successful? Is there, is there a correlation? Why is, why is it that, or is it, is there a correlation? There's a hundred percent a correlation. Absolutely. What you know the explain to me it, explain to the listeners why. So it's not coming from Uncle Nick and I'm not yelling. <laughs> the the correlation is simple. The 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 process of of going, you know, in my case from you know almost two hundred sixty pounds to, you know, right now I'm at one one ninety. Um Oof. and in being at the old yeah, being the oldest I've ever been in my life. Uh, being the fittest I've ever and, been. And how, and how old are you? 41. 41. Yep. Okay. 41. Yeah. Um, being, you know, having, um, you know, the, the most amount of money, um, you know, ever, I, you know, I've on the coaching side, you know, I do very well there. That's, that's, um, one of, uh, several, um, um, revenue streams that I have. I'm the executive mm -hmm. vice president of a global software company, um, investing in a really cool, uh, um, fishing lure company out of Hawaii right now. I've got the coaching thing and uh, obviously a co-founder of the project and Squire. None of that shit would be possible if if I didn't have the um, the discipline to to choose the the hard thing over the easy thing. And it really just it's it's a it's a very simple thing. It's just not easy, um, mm -hmm. and it's not easy because because the the human body wants to take the easy route. It wants to go back to bed. It wants to skip that workout. It wants to push right. the project. But the correlation between the getting fit and um, and the success and the bank accounts and the relationships is is not making excuses. It's it's knowing it's knowing what the success habits are. Knowing that that. I don't have to recreate the wheel. I can look around and I can say, what are right. other people who are representing the kind of life that I want for myself and my family? What are they doing? Right. And you, you start to look at success habits. And when it comes to um, the, the, the fitness part of it is when you are making the decisions to get the workouts in, when you're making the decisions to, 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 to eat right. And you're putting the kind of food in your body that your body actually wants and needs, not the shit that it doesn't. And, um, and you are experiencing the benefits of, of sh getting shred, uh, shredded. Not only do you start to feel better inside because your body is actually operating at a more optimal level because of the nutrition, because of the, the weight resistance, because the dopamine that, that, um, you experience because of, of actually liking what you see in the mirror, you have this mm -hmm. in total, this total mental shift and this total, um, uh, belief system about how you can start to really control your, your, your outcomes, right? Nobody can ever argue with results and outcomes. They just are what they are. Whatever we produce right. is what we produce. And so the, when it comes to being in shape, it is a byproduct of staying disciplined and consistent over time. And anything 
that we do in life where we are disciplined and consistent over time, we, we will see positive outcomes and results. And so when I'm disciplined and consistent in my business, in, in my relationships, in my, uh, you know, the, the date uh, night with my wife every single week, with my, um, you know, training jujitsu with my wife and son, with, with all of it, the outcomes and results continue to be positive. And so, you know, we, there's two things, Nick, that we all control, and that's our attitude and our effort. Right. And nobody can ever take those things away from us. And when we apply those mm -hmm. two things to to um, to to elements that create um, uh, momentum in the right direction, we become this unstoppable force. We, 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 right. we cannot be stopped and we will we will we will overcome um, anything. We will go we will go over the mountain. We'll go through the mountain. We'll go underneath the mountain. We'll, but we will not be stopped. We will not accept failure. And we start to be able to ride this momentum and just continue to build off of it. So it's 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 an evolution that does not happen overnight. Um, it it takes a long time of doing of doing the right thing that that builds us up to that place. And then once you capture momentum and it's, that flywheel starts to spin, you do not want to lose it. You start to see what you've been able to create, and um, it becomes this thing that you you just continue to feed the beast, and you just yeah. keep you just keep going. But it's, it's funny you say that because it is, and the rea the reality of it is, it is boring and slow and monotonous. And it's just totally. the work. It's the slow, you know, but the reason why that, you know, I stand by it and the, you know, the very first pillar of, of the agogi is fitness because it needs a foundation to sit on. We need a foundation to sit on. And I believe for men, fitness is that foundation because, like we talk about in the Squire program, if if these young men get jacked and ripped as a young man, what mm -hmm. is that telling me? They're disciplined and consistent. And mm -hmm. if I can get somebody who's disciplined and consistent, well, that means they can be disciplined and consistent in all areas of their life. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. Totally, dude. And you know, I like you know, in today's day and age, I don't, I don't care when I, whether it's the software company or it's any of the other companies that I'm affiliated with, or I'm investing in, I don't, I don't give a shit about a degree on, on somebody's <laughs> wall that they got, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Right. You know, it, it, it it's, I, I do look at how people look, right. And we are yeah. all, we, we, we are all being sized up and evaluated. If I see somebody mm -hmm. who is fat and out of shape and they're disheveled, and they, you know, they've got, you know, stains on their clothes and their, you know, their shoes are all, you know, all fucked up. And like, they just, they just have this overall appearance, like they don't care. Well, that tells me a story about, about the way in mm -hmm. which I would expect to see them perform in whatever, whatever area that um, I would be hiring them for or working with them on. Right. And um, you know, it, it, I, my wife doesn't want to, she, she doesn't want a 260 pound fat dude, uh, you know, especially as I get older and I get my hair gets gray and like, I didn't wear the 260 weight back then. Well, and I'm certainly not going to wear it better as time goes on. And as I get no. wrinkly and, you know, and, yeah. uh, and older, <laughs> right. Like, like, like my, my wife doesn't want to see me fat. I've got a 13 year old son that is, mm. that is evaluating the kind of work ethic that I have, the kind of, 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 um, discipline that I have. Well, we're going to um, get to the sun. We're going to get to the sun thing real quick. So we've been talking yeah. about all this stuff. The reason why that I wanted to have you on. So this is going to air 
the 2nd, January 2nd. And you know what comes. You know what comes with the first of the year. Yeah. New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm not where I want to be. I'm listening to Nick and Matt, and I'm like, you know what? I like what these guys have to say. They're pushing my buttons. They're making me uncomfortable (laughs) because I'm that guy. You know, I've gotten, I got some New Year's resolutions. All right. What do we, how do we actually accomplish? How do we truly, truly meet? If we have a New Year's resolution, how do we truly meet it? I think they're bullshit, but say, let's, okay, let's turn New Year's resolutions into objectives. All right, listeners, if you you have a New Year's resolution, just remove that from your vocab and then just put in objective. I have an objective. Yeah. Yeah. How do we accomplish our objectives, Matt? Well, first of all, I, I you know, I think resolutions are, are bullshit, too. I mean, why why are you going to wait? Like, is this thing really important to you or is it not important to you? Right. So if, if it is, <laughs> yes. then, it, you know, today's December 19th, like December 19th is the day you start, or this is going to be airing, you know, right. uh, January 2nd. So um, call it what you want. But the, yeah. the fact of the matter is, is, is um, the diet doesn't need to wait till, till Monday. You don't need to start your diet on Monday so that you're giving mm-hmm. yourself an excuse to, to uh, act like an idiot, binge, eat like an idiot on, on binge, this, you binge know, pizza Sunday. and ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to meeting objective, um, you know, for me, it became having core values. Uh, I'll go back to that, like the, having a, a North Star and like non-negotiable core values. Um, that was instrumental for me, and and I don't think enough people um, they they have they have those non-negotiables where they will say um, yes or no to to things based on whether or not those those filters what those filters say. Um, you know the. You, you just you can't accept a life of mediocrity by allowing yourself to make excuses. And the the we all live a life where there's peaks and valleys. Like none of us are always are right. in on the peaks and and we find ourselves in the in the valleys because you know there's we talk about this in the project and in Squire and I, I talk to my coaching clients about this as well. Like there's three entities inside of all, all of us. There's the there's the bear, there's the dragon, and then there's the advocate. Right. And the bear is that voice inside that wants to tell you to give up on your goals, to take the easy path, that mediocrity is okay. It's the it's the it's the voice that once you do start to achieve things, wants to get you back to a place of comfortability, um, which is right. you know referred to as upper limiting. The dragon is that that outside influence that we have no control over. Um, it's the kids getting sick, it's the person that runs into you because they were they were texting and driving. Um, it's, it's the, the shit that's going on with inflation and the, the dragon is this outside chaos that all of us are exposed to all the time. Um, and then you have the advocate, which is the, the part of us that knows that what we want, um, and what we have are not the same and we deserve to have what we want. Um, and is that, that cheerleader inside of us when it comes to meeting the objectives, it's just recognizing the fact that, um, we, we cannot give ourselves an, an off ramp. So one of my core values is to always burn the boats. Like, you know, the, and that, you know, if people know the origin story from that 1700, but the, the short and sweet of it is don't ever go into anything with a plan B. Don't ever go into anything yeah. with a, with, with one foot in and one foot out. Don't ever go into anything with, with, um, if, if it doesn't work out, then, then I'm going to do this. Now that, yeah, that is different you're, than you're, having an alternate breach point. You're creating a limiting belief for yourself. 
by doing that. You're giving yourself an exit strategy. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You're, you know, my, my mom's on her ninth marriage right now. And so I grew up in an, in an environment where there was this constant revolving door of men coming and going and coming and going. And at some point, or, you know, earlier on, several years ago, I challenged her on this. And she said, Matt, every time I would get married to a guy, I always knew that if it didn't work out, I could just get a divorce. She went into the marriage um, with this with this exit strategy, and she had this pre-built off-ramp to where if shit got hard, she could just pull the ripcord on it, get a divorce, and move on. And I saw the impact that had on her family and the number of restarts we had and the number of times we moved and the, and the fact that you know, I, I would move from one school to the next school and, and had this inconsistency with relationships and how my mom was always preoccupied with these, these relationships that were coming and going. And, and it just came down to the fact that she, she didn't have a victory or death mindset with it. And, um, and I think that there's too many people that lack a victory or death mindset when it comes to the things that they say are important in their life. If it's truly important to you, then don't have an off-ramp. Don't give yourself an exit strategy. Have an adapter yeah. or an overcome mindset. Have a victory or death, mind, death mindset. And, and do not accept failure as an option. If your overall objective is X, how you achieve X, it, you may need to get creative and ebb and flow and shift and, and, and pivot and you know um, move from this breach point to that breach point. But if your objective is to get in the house, get in the structure, um, then then whether it's the front door, it's the it's the the uh, back door. Whether it's blowing a, a hole in the in the side of the house, you just you get into the house if that's the objective. Um, yeah. And it's really it's really just not making excuses for um, for not achieving the goal, and um, and and giving yourself a pathway to accept anything less than the victory. So you you mean that can be applied to anything? Whether you want to lose weight in twenty twenty three, make a bunch more money improve your relationship, whatever it may be, read a bunch of books. It doesn't really matter what it is. The concept is the same. Yeah, dude, if you're going to set a goal, then, then the concept is exactly the same. I think, I think what people do is they, they set these new year's resolutions or they set these goals and, and they say they're serious about them, but they're not, they're really not. Uh, Because how could you true, how could you really be that serious about losing the 20 pounds or getting out of debt they, or repairing they want the them. They want them, but they're yeah. not willing to do the work to do, to so do how what it bad takes do they to want get them. them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so do you really want it? Or they, you just kind of want it. I think they want it without having to do the work. They just want it to appear. Well, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't we all, right. They say, they say, <laughs> you know, um, a wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up faster. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, exactly. You, you know, you can't, you, that's just not the way that life works guys. I mean, and, right. and, um, and you know, if, if, um, if what you want is a healthy relationship with your, your wife or your husband or your kids, it takes work. If you want to get out of debt, it takes work. If you want, you know, wealth and you want to be able to experience more, like it all takes, it, it, it just takes doing the work, um, that is required in order to achieve the objective, but just simply wanting it, isn't going to change anything. You've got, you've yeah. got to do what it takes and what it takes is going to be different depending on what you want. But, um, I think that, you know, too many people, they, they, they have self-limiting beliefs. They, what they want and what they're willing to do for it are, are not the same. Yeah. And, um, 
and they um, they want to make excuses for um, for lacking the the obtaining the objective, and they are surrounded by other people that will that will that will pat them on the back and will tell them they tried and will um, will allow for them to have lower standards as a result. It's just not serving yeah. them well. Yeah. Um, so let's pivot into. You said you had a fourteen-year-old son. Thirteen. Thirteen. So, um, two hundred sixty-pound Matt. Yeah. Not a great role model. No. 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 Talk to no. me about especially that. that this is. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this is when he did see me. He would see. He would see. You know, fat dad come coming through the door. But I was I was leaving, you know, before he was in, uh, up, I was coming home after he was in bed. Like it was it was, um, you know, I was I was an absentee dad uh, that um, that when I was around, just I wasn't a, I wasn't a role model in any way. Right. I, he, he just he wasn't experiencing what a what a a father should be. And yeah. he wasn't he wasn't seeing me be a protector. He wasn't seeing me be a provider. He wasn't seeing me respect myself. I, I, I think Nick. People who allow themselves to get that fat are are truly disrespecting themselves. Like I look at, I look oh, at course, how yeah. big I was in that picture, and I'm like, dude, I was so disrespectful to myself. I was disrespectful to my wife. I was disrespectful to this this very short life that we have have here, and really and really giving myself the ability to to optimize life. Um, but yeah, man, I, I um, my son would 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 never obviously come out and say. Um, that you know he thought I was fat, or maybe kids would. He, my son didn't, yeah. but I knew, I knew that um, that the my appearance and and the way that I was showing up for him and my wife was something that that was was undesirable, and it was yeah. not setting. He wasn't he wasn't seeing me do the work, and he but what he was seeing was the outcomes of me not doing the work. And um, as somebody who wanted to raise a son. That was going to be um, was going to be somebody who respected themselves and had big dreams and aspirations and was willing to do the work for it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't that guy, and it was yeah. it was actually quite devastating to to come to terms with. And and now, what is it like yeah. now that you're you just got your purple belt right a little bit ago? Yeah, June. Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, it's about six months ago. Yeah, six mm-hmm. months ago. Congratulations there. Thanks. Brother. Um, and in your whole family's doing it. Wife got her blue belt, yeah, right? Yeah, and, my, my uh, son so- and I, we actually started jujitsu together in 2017. So part of this journey was my son and I um, actually getting into jujitsu together and training together. And we train, you know, four days a week, five days a week and, um, and have since, uh, since 2017. My wife got into it a couple of years ago. She's a blue belt. And, um, and yeah, man, now my son, what he, um, the, the conversations we have around the dinner table, um, the, um, the fact that he wakes up in the mornings and, and he's getting himself up and he's getting himself ready before we get home from the gym, but he sees us getting home from the gym. Um, he understands, uh, the reason why we eat the things we eat and the things we, you know, why we don't eat the things we don't, um, he's part of the conversation. And he's part of, he's experiencing the outcomes. He's experiencing the results um, that, you know, as a byproduct of me getting my shit together and, and, and the ripple effect that that's had. He's, he's, he's now living a lifestyle of abundance. He, he, um, 
he doesn't he doesn't um, he doesn't go without. And in fact, you know, he's right now he's um, as we speak, he's in a, in Idaho's a number one private school for business and entrepreneurship. Um, it is not an inexpensive school, but it is amazing. And he is getting opportunities there. He's getting opportunities at home. He's getting opportunities um, with the proximity that we have to other people and the things we do and the influence that we're having, uh, experiences we're creating um, in, in ways that now I have a totally new sense as a father who, who takes great pride in being a protector and a provider um, that is, um, it, it is aligned with, with the kind of dad that, that um, I never had that I always wanted and that I can genuinely say I'm proud to be and, um, and know that I'm having the kind of influence on him that is shaping him uh, in the right way. Whereas before I, I could not have said that. So how, how much of this influence do you think do you feel is, um, active versus passive and passive meaning just you being you and setting the example of, of, the way you're living your life with your wife now compared to like, you know, actively parenting, actively, actively fathering and the communications and, and then the, the physical things that you're doing, what would you say? How, how, what is that split and how important is the, is the passive side of it? Well, dude, I mean, I think it's, I think it comes down to intentionality. I think he, I think all he sees now is intentionality. Mm -hmm. I think he sees, intention behind everything that we do uh i think he i love that, he I love sees, that word it's one of my favorite words yeah yeah that's yeah. what i think i think he he sees he sees us he doesn't he doesn't see us do anything um um just just by letting by us doing anything other than being in the driver's seat of our own lives like he sees us being yeah. in control of the things we can control and um, and just taking ownership of it. So I I mean I think what he sees and experiences is almost entirely active um, by way of of the intentionality around it and and him being part of the the conversation when we do goal setting and when we yeah. uh, we talk about where we want to be and the things we want to achieve. Um, it's it's he's understanding that it's all by design. Like we're not yeah. just we're not just kind of floating through like he sees the, the intentionality you're flying, behind it. You're not flying by the seat of your pants. Everything is right. The whole thing is done with intention. Life is done with intention. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So talk to me about what your, I mean, I know, I know I got to know, but for the listeners and we've talked about the Squire program a lot, but mm -hmm. on the podcast, but from your point of view with, from with your son, from where you're at, what, how important or how benefit, I guess not how important, how beneficial would it be for a father and son to go through the Squire program? Dude, it's, I mean, it's, it's a game changer. I, my, my son and I went through it, um, a few classes ago and, um, I, I had wanted to take him through it since we started this thing a couple of years ago. Um, I, I have no reference points as, as a father. So, you know, there's a saying that, when it comes to that parent-child relationship, we always have two opportunities at it, right? Once when you're the child, the other one where, where you're the parent. Mm -hmm. Well, my, I don't, I, because of this revolving door of men that came and went, um, I don't have virtually any real reference points of what it means to be 
um, a, a really effective, good dad um, by way of being raised in an environment where I saw it. And my, my biological father was a, an abusive alcoholic drunk that my mom pulled us out of the relationship when I was three. My little brother, she was seven months pregnant with. And, um, and she yanked us out one night after she took her last beating uh, and we left. And I, I had no relationship with the guy. I got a call from his sister about eight months or so ago that he had died um, alone uh, in his apartment with the TV on the couch. He'd been there for a few days and um and asked if i wanted to be a part of the funeral or you know have any of the belongings or and, and i wanted nothing to do with it and i and i remember thinking i have almost zero emotion about the fact that this this guy my biological father died and thinking to myself how tragic that. Yeah. is that it's it and you didn't feel and like, i can't even feel anything yeah no it, it, how tragic is that dude as a father yeah. Like your child not caring that you died, right? Um, and so I am so passionate about what we're doing with the Squire program because it, it, it serves two primary functions. Function number one is to, um, to pour into these young men and um, to start mentoring them. Some of these kids, they, they lack any sort of real mentorship. Uh, and and guidance and these these reference points early on in life when they're when they're um, they're starting to branch out into uh, manhood from boyhood and you know the squire program allows for them to be surrounded by um, a bunch of other young men and the 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 instructors where we can basically pull back the curtain on the recipes for success and say this is what it means to be a man and this is what it, this is what society needs society needs um, uh, men to understand that being a man and being masculine is not toxic um, it is not toxic to to stand up and look a man in the eye or looks you know whoever you're shaking their hand in the eye and um, and not do that from a seated position it's not toxic to hold the door open for women and others and give up your seat uh, for right. people you know on the bus it's not it's not toxic to, to stand up and defend others who cannot defend themselves. And a, it, it is essential that we all, as men, um, we become these protectors and these providers. And, um, and not to be passive aggressive, not to turn to vices um, and to, to, um, to um, associate with others that are going to take us down the wrong path. And so it's a, it's a way for us to really start instilling in them these success habits and, um, and these key elements of becoming, um, that, that, um, that kind of, that kind of man that other good girls are going to want to marry and the kind of, the kind of, uh, man that, um, as that good girl introduces them to the fathers, that the father is thinking, this is the kind of man I want my daughter to marry. Right. Right. And, um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a way for us to pour into these young men and just, and to start um, educating them on the do's and don'ts of manhood in a successful way and not to allow society that wants to tell you being lazy is okay. And turn to medication for everything. And, and mediocre, yeah. you know, me mediocrity is, is acceptable. And um, you know, um, plus size, uh, plus size models is, is the, like, is the thing. Like it's, it's, it's cool to be plus size. Cool. It's cool to, to, um, you know, be fat and be out of shape and be unhealthy. 
Um, you know, and then and then for the dads, it's uh, they're there, too, and they're going through it as well. And it's a way for us to kind of instill in the same things, but have them looking at it through the lens of these kids are looking to you. They're looking to see like what are what decisions are you making? How, how are you huh? treating your wife? How are you treating business? How are you treating yourself? Um, how are and you is it leading? healthy or what they say? Yeah. 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 How how are you leading? Are you even leading? Right. Right. Um, and so. So then it's uh, not it's, just uh, a bunch of PT. It's not just a bunch of physical no. training then. I think no, that's what people no. see a lot. That people see like, oh, it's just like, I'm going to go send my kid there with my, I'm going to take my kid here and they're just going to get yelled at. This is yeah. what it's going to be. It's just going to be like a PT yelling fest. And that's not what it is. And no, it's, it's, no, the, the, it's hard. It's hard to understand. It's hard to explain that process. Yeah, man. The, the, the PT makes for good uh, media content, right? Yeah, like it, right. It, it gets, yeah. it gets the, it gets the algorithms going, uh, for social, yeah. which gets the word out there. But the reality is, is that it's a, um, it's a, it's a very healthy balance of, of PT and classroom. Uh, it's, it's, a it's a balance of the kids being mentored on their own, um, and the fathers on, on their That's own, been, a blend yeah. of the two. But everything, everything is by design, right? Everything is is designed to teach a lesson. So whether it's the ice bath, or it's the hike, or it's the mm-hmm. you know the push ups or the bear crawls, all of it is designed um, to to teach or the, a, a or very the surf, lesson. Or the surf, if you're if you're coming to Surf City, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was the first time we got to get into the ocean, and um, and the the reviews on that, I think by far. Um, that was, uh, one of the fan favorites of that class, yeah. but the, you know, dude, the, the, um, the, the, the testimonials just speak for themselves, right? Like every right, single exactly. person that goes through that class, they just, it speaks for themselves. So what I would tell you is if there's anybody out there that's, that's, um, got a young man and, and do, they could do it like you did it, Nick, with your, with your nephew, right? You yep. don't even have to be the, the father necessarily. You can be somebody who's, who's, uh, influential in a young man's life. And you can bring them through this program, uh, and and really just start teaching them the success habits and something that I wish I would have had when I was a young Same. man. Um, I, I wish I would have had that kind of mentorship and, and intentionality yeah. around uh, learning these things early on. You know, it's really cool, and you said it with the like the uncles, but um, you know what's really cool about this community is if you're a single mom out there, and you know you've you've got you know a situation like you discussed with yourself. And, but you have a son that you like, I think he would benefit from this. We have an entire community of men oh, yeah. that, go, that will raise their hand and will, and will go with them. Totally. It'll be the, the, yeah. be the surrogate, un- be the surrogate uncle, surrogate dad to, so that your young man can go through this program and, and literally yeah, be dude. like right there with him. When I went through, um, the CEO of uh, fit body bootcamp, Bryce, uh, went mm-hmm. through with a with, was a yep. surrogate dad for for one of their yeah. employees' sons, mm-hmm. um, which was just absolutely rad. So like, how cool is it that not only do we have this, but then you have this community of men that are like, no, I'll I'll be that guy, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's totally. Me, that's just what a gift to those, and, and and that's a that's a that is a gift both ways. And you could probably yeah. speak to it from from your own perspective, being that surrogate. But you know, the the to these young men. To know that somebody cares about them enough to take them through, right? And, and whether it's the father or it's a, or or it's a stand-in, you know. But to know that they were cared enough that that somebody took the time to to 
um, plan this thing out and to travel with them to wherever it is and to go through the experience and and um, and just and just be that person in their life um, during this you know 12 to 14 hour experience I mean, um, what would that have been for you for at 13 years old if some high value man stepped in and said we're going to do this together and we're going to be a team yeah at 13 I can only years imagine old, man I can yeah. only imagine right? I can only imagine yeah. Yeah. Yep. So if you've got a, if you got an eleven, was eleven to sixteen, eleven to sixteen yeah. year old, then yeah. uh, then then check out the Squire program. I think it's uh, squireprogram.com, right? Yes. I think so. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they got another one coming up in a couple couple weeks in in January. Yeah, we. Yeah, we have a few coming up in 2023. Um, it's uh yeah it's sometime i don't remember the exact dates in january but oh, um i know what i'm going to bring up about this the money so i get some comments too about like oh you're just guys are just doing this for money i'll tell you this for this is my point of view and i don't know how much you know about this so we ran one i ran one esquire program here in november 5th 2022 and after it was all said and done after everything was paid for i i lost money on it yeah. I lost yeah. $500. I yeah. lost $500 <laughs> on the Squire program. Running the Squire program, I was in the hole $500. And yeah. now it it made it actually made 400, which we gave to the we gave to the person who like basically helped orchestrate it, like our customer service mm-hmm. person who did all the logistics and running around and setting up in the background and everything mm-hmm. on our side. Mm-hmm. But I there was a Marine Raider who wanted to go through and his son. So we sponsored him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, me and Matt Bardu from the Apogee Academy split the cost mm-hmm. and we sponsored him. So mm-hmm. with that $400, it was, I think it was $900 or 950. I think I, I spent to, to sponsor this Raider. And then I got 400 back, which I just gave to her. So I was in the hole. So mm-hmm. for all those people say mm-hmm. that it's a big money grab, you're, it's not a money grab. It is a, it is definitely, I would say, a passion project, wouldn't you say? Totally, totally, <laughs> man. To, yeah, totally. When it comes to the money side, yeah, dude. It's it, it, truth be told, Nick. I, since we started this, I think we're we're in class what fourteen, something like that. 13, yeah, I think fourteen classes one. somewhere around yeah. there. Um, yeah. I I haven't been paid. Like I don't get paid to do it. I don't do it for the pay, right? right. Like you want to talk about a passion project? Like this is not something I do. Uh, to collect the paycheck we we charge what we need to hopefully to, break to even. make it happen uh, yeah to make it happen to make it happen yeah yeah to make it happen but we but we're willing to take a loss at it right like we like right. just like you did and um and but that's the benefit of us having uh other successful businesses and and being the kind of entrepreneurs that um that allow for us to do these kinds of passion projects uh, but make no mistake about it the the um the, they are, it is not a money grab. This is something that no. it, it costs a lot of money to put on and, and you'd be, you'd be amazed at how much just the insurance alone uh, is to do it. But um, the, the reality is, is that um, no matter what the cost is, the, the ROI for it in, mm-hmm. um, in the most important, significant areas of, of your life in this young man's life is, is just incredible. Um, yeah. you know, the, the, well, that's, um, and that's the, the reason why it's like, it's your changing. We are slowly like at the end of the day, adults are adults and can they be helped? Mm-hmm. Can guys like your, you and my, you and me, if we take extreme ownership of our life, can we change our life and make more money and, 
become, you know, the men, the men that we want to become and we need to become. Yes. But the real work is in the youth. And if we can start totally. affecting these young men now, you will. And, and if this thing continues to grow the way that it's growing, we will change the landscape of this country. Totally. Yeah, man. There, that, there's a lot of adversaries is, out there. Yeah, exactly. Our, our kids, our kids are, you know, different than when you and I went to school. Dude, we, yeah. you know, we could escape so many of the pressures of being, uh, being a young man, right? Like we, yeah. if, if there was, if there were problems at school, there was bullying at schools, there was conflict at schools. Like we used to be able to go home and get away from it. The, these kids, they can't, they can't do it these days because of, of social media and cell phones. And they have this constant exposure to things. Yep. Um, you have parents that, that are working, uh, you know, in, in ways that they, they haven't had to work before because of the cost is more than it's, it's ever been. Um, you know, and, um, and unfortunately these, these, um, these young men are, they're growing up in environments to where they have a, just a completely different sense of pressure. Um, they're being, an influence. they're being, yeah, being, an, right. An they're being influenced. Yeah. Look at TikTok, for example. I mean, TikTok is, is, um, like we know, that it's a Chinese-based company, and the content that our kids are exposed to, uh, and that comes across in the United States on TikTok, is not the same as the as what the youth are exposed to in China. It is not the same. Right. Everything in in the United States is silly. It's it's drama ridden. It is, um, it, it 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 it's um, you know they're laughing at stupid stuff. Like it's just it's just nonsense that's on there, it's, and it's. Force, force propaganda, essentially, to get them to think a certain exactly. way. Yeah. Yeah. You look at what the kids over in China are getting. It's, it's all about academia. It's all mm -hmm. about, you know, progression. It's all about business. It's all about, you know, it's um, they're, they're, they're spoon feeding our youth um, through the algorithms garbage. and, and um, yeah. they're just garbage, dude. It's just garbage. garbage. Yeah. So yeah. we, we, we need to take um, an extreme amount of, of um, pay an extreme amount of attention to, um, to these kids, pointing to these kids to get them to be, um, to, to fight all the garbage that's yeah. out there, all the propaganda that's out there, yeah. all of the influence out there, um, that's working against them becoming the very best this, versions of themselves. This is, this is us as men seeing this going on the offensive, right? That's what right. that is. So, We're going on the, so offensive. pay the cost of admission, pay the cost yeah. of admission and start getting these kids on the right track and getting them exposed to success habits and successful people and others that are, that are driven to dominate life. Um, and, and, and here's the reason, don't worry. Here, here's, about yeah. Here's the reason why I'm willing to go on the whole on every, I would really be, I'd be willing to go on the whole on every single project or not project, every single squire program, because when I'm 80, what kind of country do I want to live in? What kind of yeah. what kind of grown men do I want to have running around the country holding it up? Right, right, yeah, dude. I'm, I look I'm at the military. Yeah, I look at law enforcement. I look at you know yeah. uh, the the community leaders. Um, yeah, man. Like, what do we? It's based on the what we're seeing as far as emotional intelligence and people being triggered at everything. And <laughs> and not taking the time to actually educate themselves on things before they get this this very passionate opinion on one right. side or the other, whatever. It's it's a really troubling thing to think about um, what this country will look like when you and I 
are 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 well past our days of 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 our prime and we're reliant on today's youth to to guide us in the right direction um, it's something that we should be taking uh, taking a mass amount of ownership on and influencing um, as much as possible well sir i appreciate you for you doing your part that's for sure yeah, so man, same Matt, here dude same to you where where can people find you where where's your stuff at dude, um social go to matt schneider uh, underscore official is probably the okay. the best way um they wanted uh the more information on the coaching they go to uh ignitionyearcoaching.com they can see it there but all the links are in social love to connect with everybody we'll put them in the show notes as yeah. well we'll put all your yeah, links dude. in the show notes but dude hey i appreciate you hanging out with me and uh and sharing this was this was great and if hey if you're listening to this and you just created some New Year's resolutions, just throw those things out the door and uh, call them objectives and build build yourself a fucking plan. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And execute. Right. And execute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Matt, thank you so much, man. And, uh, hey, guys, go tag Matt, tag myself, tag Always Forward, and then share this information with a friend. And then if you're interested in the Squire program um, or Matt's coaching, the links are below. And uh, and go go execute. All right. Other than that, we'll see you guys in the next episode. We'll